Pushkin. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. Sometimes I wonder if it's subconscious bias because I'm an out trans woman. And other times I just wonder if it's something I need to be doing more of. But there are certain rooms I'm not getting into, which I, I feel I feel I should be getting into. Those strong leading roles in major movies, uh, even just a shot to audition. You know, no one is asking for a handout, but when you've studied this craft for over a decade and you have credits and you have a following and you've shown the world your chops, you can't help but wonder when those opportunities come. That was Trace Lissette. I'm Sam Fragoso, and this is Talk Easy. Welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is Talk Easy. I'm Sam Fragoso, and today on the show is the one and only Trace Lissette. This is technically a bonus episode. Uh, we are going to release our official 150th podcast uh, next Sunday, but uh, we wanted to get this one out sooner rather than later since Trace uh, has a role in the new film that just came out uh, a week or two ago, uh, Hustlers. If you have not seen it yet, uh, you are truly missing out, uh, but I, I think you can rectify uh, that oversight. Until then, here is a bit from the trailer. I just want to take care of my grandma, maybe go shopping every once in a while. When I was a kid, I always wanted to work with animals. <laughs> I was close. These Wall Street guys. You see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. Hardworking people lost everything. And not one of these douchebags went to jail. The game is rigged, and it does not reward people who play by the rules. And it's like robbing the bank, except you get the keys. Are you in? So I've been fascinated by Trace for a long time. Uh, really since I saw Transparent back in 2014. Uh, on the show, she plays a character named Shay, uh, this HIV-positive sex worker, uh, yoga instructor. And uh, the show, which uh, is in its fourth and final season, just aired uh, a 90-minute-long musical uh, in place of what was going to be a fourth season. The complications of the show have been, um, I'd say, well-documented as have Trace's allegations towards uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Um, and I also want to add, not just Trace's allegations, but uh, many other women 
have come forth and said that uh, Jeffrey Tambor acted inappropriately. Um, it sometimes verged on sexual harassment. And uh, whether or not you believe them, uh, <laughs> although um, if you're listening, I, I certainly hope you do, um, Jeffrey is not in the fourth season of the show. He has been fired off the program, and um, they have proceeded accordingly. So uh, make of that judgment what you will, but uh, I, I wanted to get that out uh, at the top here because for the next 45 minutes, um, Trace and I uh, do our best to not talk about what is uh, an endless headline in her life. We don't always succeed. Um, it is something we, we, we do discuss. Uh, I think like every episode of this podcast, we try to chart into uncharted territory. And um, she is, is someone who uh, is deeply talented and, and deeply resilient. And after having um, what could only be described as a pretty difficult year last year, it's been really wonderful to see her come out on the other side of that. And um, she is determined to not have this sexual allegation towards Tambor uh, define her. And um, really, it's my hope that this podcast um, helps offer you at home listening uh, and fans of Trace have a more uh, multifaceted uh, outlook on this wonderful, wonderful talent. So um, it was a joy and an honor to have her on. And without further ado, here is Trace Lissett. Yeah. Trace. Hello. Thank you for coming. Sure. All the way to Highland Park. I know. <laughs> to my house. Um, Absolutely. There's so many places to start with you. You were in high school at one point. Uh, in Ohio, I believe it was um, Dayton. Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You uh, are kicked out of some high school because you threw what I heard to be a, a fantastic punch <laughs> to a classmate. Is that true? No, it was just a, a bullying situation. I'd kind of had my fill of it. And so, uh, I mean, fighting was not foreign to me. I'd, I've, I had to learn how to defend myself my whole life. Um, I didn't have any older brothers to kind of look out for me. So, um, yeah, I ended up switching schools. I had been suspended. I mean, I suppose I threw the first punch, but if you consider being called a faggot a uh, punch, then they Th threw that first. So That's definitely a punch. Yeah, I think so. Is that something you had to endure throughout high school? Uh, even before high school, my whole childhood, junior high school, especially in, and into high school. Yeah. Yeah, so school was always a source of trauma for me, which is probably part of the reason why I didn't go to college because I was literally fighting my way through high school. Mm -hmm. So when that's your been your experience, you don't really think of more school as the next right. step. Right. You know what I want to do? Four more years of right. this. Yeah, this sounds great. Right. What did your parents uh, make of you fighting back? Oh, my God. You're making me travel back in time here. <laughs> so my mom, she's a single mother. She was a teacher as well. Um it was, I think, a wake-up call for her in so many reasons, just in terms of um, my identity. And um, we had definitely spoken about it before. It wasn't like she didn't know something was up. I think the principal was oddly proud of me. Mr. Gudgel was his name. So um, he was a father figure to me. He was my track coach, too. And so I think that helped persuade my mom to kind of understand what was going on here. Yeah, and the reason why you were doing it. Yeah. Um, so it was just a moment in time where a lot of things shifted. Mm. Yeah. There seems to be uh, a moment that matters to you where uh, you get to put together a dance routine for uh, uh, your classmates, all, all of whom were women and at the time you were a boy. Uh -huh. Was that like a pivotal moment for you? Did it seem like important at the time? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, because I wasn't on the cheerleading squad, but I wanted to be and performing dance routines with my cousins growing up in the basement of my grandmother's house. And all of that was just an extension. I guess this halftime dance was an extension of that. And so I got together with my girlfriends 
and we we did a dance. Yeah, like I said, you're taking me way back. I wasn't expecting this today, but um, <laughs> is it is yeah. it is it too much? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I've talked about my gender history to death, and so I would rather just focus on my acting at this point. I yeah. I I wasn't really interested in, in the actually the gender part yeah. of it. Okay, it's it's, it. it's more of who you were uh, as a person. Yeah, because I, I th- get that. Yeah, I think it's more. That to me is is universal. Is like mm-hmm. high school is a miserable fucking time for a lot of people. When after high school did you begin to feel more comfortable with yourself? Um, I think that's an ongoing thing for me. I'm constantly evolving. I think as all human beings are trying to do or should be trying to do, I just think that that's part of life's journey. So it's been gradual. Um, I suppose. Landing in New York at the age of 1920 uh, was estranged from my mother at the time because I was exploring my gender and all these things. And even though I had started dressing um, as female, you know, as a teenager here and there and ex- experimenting with my looks and, and performing in drag clubs, it wasn't until I was in New York that I started to like live full time and really figure out who I was as a woman. Mm. And so I think of New York fondly in that way. It's just where I gave birth to myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ended up uh, writing a, a television show mm-hmm. about this time that I, that, that I, it's called tribe. Right? Yeah. A little later, my twenties experience kind of in Harlem and Brooklyn with my friend Devere Rogers, who right. I wrote tribe with. And I think we just got frustrated with the lack of roles out there and not seeing ourselves. And so, we took to writing our own pilot, and now it's in production at uh, Paul Feig's Powder Keg. Oh, wow. Which is directed towards telling marginalized stories. What about your time there in New York in your 20s when you end up writing about it in, in a sort of fictitious, you know, a script way? Mm-hmm. Which parts of it stood out to you? And you were like, oh, I need to write about that. So we started off very casual and all we've written so far is the pilot and a few arcs for the characters and we have visuals and um, kind of a Bible. But ideally, we will go more in depth about the journey, but it's it's more slice of life. So the lead character, Logan, uh, based on me, um, is already a fully realized woman and human being and it's not about her transition story at all. Right. Um, that was our goal is just to be kind of slice of life in a way that's kind of like insecure or Atlanta. Just, you, know. uh, you mean uh, normal. Right. <laughs> Sense of normalcy. <laughs> you you mean uh, yeah. having characters where that's not the defining feature. Right. I, I read about your life in that time. And mm-hmm. I think in some interview you described yourself as like constantly hustling. Yeah. Is that what it felt like at the time? Yeah. I come from hustle and struggle and have not and lack and scarcity. And so it's odd to be in Hollywood where people have so much and still having to kind of shake that and not bring that into the room with me um, is hard. It's a mentality that I have to like switch off. You want to manifest more abundance and that's so foreign to me and girls like me. So I think it's just an interesting town to be in coming from where I, I started. And, um, I'm seeing a lot of fruits of my labor this year, which is really beautiful because 2018 was so hard. Um, I had lost my health insurance cause we didn't go back in production for transparent because of everything with, uh, there was sexual harassment and I'm just trying to celebrate this moment and, and, and manifest more abundance. What do you mean by turning something off? There's some mentality of the turn off. Um, in terms of coming from scarcity, when you come from scarcity and lack, it's um, a constant state of survival and anxiety and looking over your shoulder and just that survival mentality of fighting for crumbs. I see how some people are thriving out here and I want that too for me and my sisters and my community. Mm. Mm. It's a peculiar city. I mean, it, yeah. it, I I still have no fucking idea what's going on. Yeah. Um. It, it, the main thing that stands out to me is 
the dishonesty in which people treat one another. Have you had those experiences? Unfortunately, yes, um, I have. And I try to just bob and weave with all of that. (laughs) (laughs) I love a bob and weave. Yeah, bob and weave and keep it cordial and nice. And hopefully, hopefully um, you can just find the parts of this industry where people are really real with you Mm -hmm. and have your best interest at heart and want to see you win and want to write for you and want you to shine. And, um, I truly believe there's room for all of us. And so that's why I'm trying to be aggressive with my career and not just a passive actor. Um, because I want to create space for other people, opportunities for other people too. What, what does a passive actor look like? Uh, waiting around for the phone to ring, just maybe, um, not necessarily being aggressive with writing your own stories or, um, and I don't think that we should have to, but unfortunately there's a lack of roles and stories that are out there that humanize us. So maybe one day I will get to be more of a passive actor. I hope, I hope I do, <laughs> but right now is not the time. So you hope to, I think I deserve that at some point in my life. Yeah. I saw that, um, 2017 you had a pretty good year it seemed like but that at the end of it things were hard mm-hmm. and, and and roles were not coming the way i think someone like me or anyone watching at home mm-hmm. who, who likes your work would think oh yeah it's gonna work now mm-hmm. and i think that's more of a, an industry issue than a personal issue right um but i am curious how are you working through that day to day? Sometimes I wonder if it's subconscious bias because I'm an out trans woman. Um, and other times I just wonder if it's something I need to be doing more of. Um, but there are certain rooms I'm not getting into, which I, I feel I feel I should be getting into. Um, those strong leading roles in major movies, uh, even just a shot to audition. You know, no one is asking for a handout, but when you've studied this craft for over a decade and you have credits and you have a following and you've um, shown the world your chops, it's, you can't help but wonder when those opportunities come. You said something about um, how you present Instagram, which it seems like, I don't know how you feel, but it feels like Instagram is now part of the industry Mm -hmm. they seem entwined like you have to do something properly and 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 well crafted on instagram and that can translate into jobs i've seen it and i'm not an instagram wizard i do the best i can (laughs) i try to keep it real on my instagram i don't i don't um i can't believe you just said the words instagram wizard yeah, I'm I'm not a wizard on it. Uh, I I see some people's pages and I'm like, wow, it's so well put together and curated. And I try uh, to show the highlights of my life, but I think it's important also to show humanity and not always the perfect side. Um, so once in a while, I'll try to write like a heartfelt post. I mean, I went through a breakup a couple weeks ago when I was at Toronto Film Festival. Uh, I had to cancel my partner's ticket, and he and I just ended up calling it quits after two years and I wrote something on Instagram kind of about the situation and and having to go to the premiere for Hustlers alone and what that meant for me and how that felt, that duality of being crushed inside but also arguably the biggest moment of my career so far and just having to celebrate myself alone. I I wish that... uh, I wish that social media could be more of an honest outlet for people. And I know that some people use it that way and others just kind of keep it light or keep it to bikini pics in exotic locations. And that's, <laughs> that's cool too. I understand it's a business. Um, I just sometimes wonder about the next generation, what they see and consume every day and right. how they try to compare themselves to these perfect images and, and understanding that life is really not like that. You know, when you posted about your uh, uh, ex-partner, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, so I, I don't know yeah. what you said, but I'd like to read it now. It, it brings up a question of, is there anything in your life that you're like, I don't need to post that? Oh, absolutely. Um, I definitely censor myself still. 
Um, I've sensed that you've censored on this podcast. Yeah, I probably have. <laughs> My goal is to make sure you don't do that. I know. Well, that's a tough wall to crack. <laughs> and we only have an hour. Yeah, I know. Can I ask you about breaking up after two years? I one, I'm I am sorry. I'm familiar Thanks. with this. I, I'm in yeah, I'm in a similar situation. So mm-hmm. uh, recently, how are you getting through it? But my girlfriends, uh, they call and check on me, and um, trying to reflect on the relationship as a chapter of my life that was still special. And uh, hopefully, I won't get emotional here, but um, just honoring it for what it was and what it wasn't. Uh, sometimes I have to look at the red flags in order to keep moving on. Cause if I dwell on all the really beautiful things, um, then it makes it hard to keep pushing forward. But I would like to also not forget those things, um, so that I can look back on them one day when it's safe. Uh, that, and just being busy. I've been too busy to really process it. Um, that's so, always a good way to avoid yeah. it. Yeah. But at some point you do have to let it all out, mm-hmm. cry it out. I mean, I cry almost every day about it. And, and so, yeah, it's like missing a limb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sucks, man. I don't know. Um, I have a, I have a more broad question. Um, how are you getting through it? <laughs> Who's the guest on this podcast? <laughs> it's ongoing. I mean, it's like not resolved. It's still, happening and then not happening Mm -hmm. each day i'm starting to like reconfigure who i am outside of that Mm -hmm. and imagining what it's like to be without her Mm -hmm. your identity starts to get wrapped up in this person or the root or the routine yeah that you have with it's the routine it's It's the the routine it's certain things that we did together whether it was a late night mcdonald's binge or raiding walgreens late at night for candy or watching all of the godfathers back to back or whatever you know whatever even number three yeah even number three <laughs> um yeah <laughs> uh just all the things that we did together our routine yeah it's it's hard to let go of that sense of consistency because that feels tethering in a way it feels like family and i don't have uh, family out here. Right. Um, I have my girlfriends and they're like family, but all of them don't live here. And so he was my person. Mm. He was my home. And so, yeah, it is, it is reconfiguring yourself and, and remembering, Oh, this is who I was before I met this person. Right. And then also, wow, look how I have grown. And I didn't even know. Well, once you're on the other um, side, you're like, Oh God, a lot has changed. A lot has changed. I'm not even that person. I thought I was independent. Yeah two years ago yeah it's really bizarre Mm -hmm. are you someone who's uh, who falls in love easily no i have not been in love probably it had probably been seven eight years so um i don't feel that spark very often i just don't were you going on dates here because it's a weird place to date dating is tough uh yeah, it's tough to have standards <laughs> and then and then also be trans on top of that. Um, Standard plus trans. Standards plus trans <laughs> equals a shit show. <laughs> uh, so actually yesterday I just got back on the apps and um, I know because I don't have time to go to bars or I just, I mean, I, I, I go to work events and sometimes you can meet people there or parties, but. Uh, I really don't have time to go just try to meet people uh, for dating purposes. Um, so I'm back on the apps mm-hmm. and um, I got banned overnight because people flagged my profile because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's cause I'm trans. Cause a lot of my trans girlfriends had the same experience where, you know, douchebag guys just, look at your profile and then they flag you because they're transphobic and then the system automatically clocks it as you know um a a bogus profile or someone that needs to be banned so they ban you and then 
I just was like, okay, fuck this. I'm getting on Twitter. I tweeted Twinder, Tinder and um, a lot of trans people spoke up and they DM'd me and fixed my account and verified it so that it won't happen again. But I'm going to speak to them more ongoing about that issue um, because obviously everyone doesn't have the privilege of tweeting them from a verified account and getting results. So Right. So that's part of the shit show. And now I'm back on there just dealing with all the small talk and all the... <laughs> I can't. <laughs> the hours of small talk. I try to move it to a FaceTime as soon as possible, see if there's a a real attraction but see i so it's I, so I, shitty it's horrible it's, it's horrible. horrific it's horrific I, I i'm on a few of them i'm not really on any of them actively yeah but the biggest problem is i'm not gonna do the small talk mm-hmm. so i very quickly am like look i do not use this right if you want to get a drink <laughs> I'm down to do that, and I know, and, the, and then a drink is too much of an investment for me. Yeah, but what's see, you know, it's funny to me. I'd rather like spend an hour getting a drink than because then I'm like, oh, I know, right? I like at least I'll have what. See, I can't even do that. I have to do a Facetime. I have to do a Facetime screening. You're gonna and do see a if Facetime and see if there's a attraction. And then I will go have coffee. Coffee? <laughs> oh no. Oh. Or a drink. Or yeah, a drink. I need a drink. Look, yeah. if I if I, I don't want to be overly stimulated hearing someone that I don't like that much. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Every time I do the coffee date, it's like, oh, how long do I got to do this for? Right. I'm like anxious. And then mm-hmm. also, once I have coffee, I'm like, I got a lot of things to do. What is this? A yeah. Tuesday? Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet you for coffee on a Tuesday? <laughs> I got to do a podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm just joking. I totally agree. I, on the people flagging you, I I am at once mortified. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry on behalf of my group, <laughs> and I'm also a little confused how that's still an issue in Los Angeles in right. 2019, which is um, I I describe as exceedingly liberal, right? In, in, in the vein of New York or San Francisco, yeah. It makes me sad that we aren't further along. I think that part of the problem is that the men, the straight men who do date us, don't speak up about it publicly. And so there's this huge shame around it still. Um, And a lot of people still think it's gay, which is bizarre to me because I know for a fact that all of my ex-boyfriends identify as straight. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely straight men are attracted to trans women. And so I think that's something we have to acknowledge. Um, yeah. I saw you post something about um, a man on the street uh, admitting that he had had sex with a trans woman. Hmm. Oh, I think that was Reese. Yeah. He, I believe that was in Philly. Um, and he was being harassed by a group of guys right. because he was like, yeah, I like trans women. Like what? What's the big fucking deal, you know? Um, and he stood his ground. And um, and unfortunately, um, he took his life. I think there was also some mental health issues going on. And obviously, it's never just one thing. Um, most of the time, I don't think it's just one thing when people choose to take their own life. Um, I've de- dealt with mental health my whole life, um, my own issues. But I think that men... That that video clip went viral, and um, and so it started a conversation. Mm-hmm. In a way, that's kind of um, a beautiful legacy that that conversation is is being started uh, because it's so overdue. It's so overdue, and it's the cause of so much violence and pain and trauma in the trans community, and and also for the men that have an affinity for us and maybe are too afraid to acknowledge it or talk about it. Why do you think those those men have been shamed like that? Well, it's just rooted in toxic masculinity and homophobia and transphobia because they think it they think of it as gay to be attracted to a trans woman and so that brings on all of the homophobia that we know is rampant in in young male culture. Right. Um masculine t- traditional 
masculinity. So I think that we're peeling away the layers of all of that now. I am maybe a little more skeptical mm-hmm. <laughs> of people right now because I there's so much evidence. I mean, I, I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but now I'm, I'm curious because we're talking about it. Um, have you seen Dave Chappelle's new special? I have not seen it. Yeah. No. Because um, you actually, s- have you seen his specials in the past? I have. Yeah. Yes. Right, well, then you've seen enough. Yeah. We have mutual friends. Um, my thinking is that he just doesn't, that he doesn't have a lot of um, close trans friends, maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. My mom had lunch with him a couple weeks ago because he lives in Dayton as well. And so she had a girlfriend who was friends with him and they ended up at the same eatery and struck up a conversation and she was like oh you know um i guess did you know that uh her daughter is in hustlers and she's trans and uh i guess he just was like oh really that's that's dope that's gonna be a big movie and my mom showed him a picture and he was like oh wow she's beautiful so he acknowledged you know my womanhood in a way so it makes me wonder if there just needs to be a learning process that happens because I've, I've seen some of his stand up can be, um, transphobic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like he's from that old school, old school realm of comedy where there were less restrictions. And I mean, if you look back at some of Eddie Murphy's stuff and whoever else, it's like, whoa, you know, it was just a different time. So I think that, that exchange with my mom and also um, just knowing some of the people who know him. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I feel like if he knew more trans folks um, directly, that maybe it would inform his comedy right. a little bit better. That would be the hope. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. would be great. I don't think he's a horrible person. I just think that. I don't either. Yeah. No, I, I think a lot of people are just don't have a, a person who's trans who's close to them why do you feel that men still think they need to make jokes mm-hmm. about your community i understand that okay there's some latent homophobia and there's some misogyny there's all kinds of things mm. but why not just not talk about it like is it why are is we beating it, a dead horse yeah that's my feeling why mm-hmm. are we beating a dead horse yeah it does feel like kind of one of the laziest forms of comedy to me. I'm not sure why picking on a deeply marginalized group like trans folks is the go-to for your set. I don't, I don't know when there's so much more material out there um, or you can make fun of yourself or whatever else is going on. Uh, But why is this group at the bottom of the totem pole, the target of, laughter when we've been laughed at our entire lives right. and had to f- literally fight for our existence. I I think it's just a lack of compassion or a lack of a relationship with the trans community. So it feels safe to make some, it feels safe to make fun of something that you have zero connection to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, I would love to just sit down and, and have a, a chat with some of these people, like I'm, I'm open to talking to Dave or whoever about, you know, what, what is this? What is this? Like, yeah. you know, what is that about? Where is this um, coming from? Right. Where is that coming from? And what, and also what's the point of it? Yeah. Um, and who, who's laughing? I don't know. Is it just douchebag, straight heteronormative dudes that are laughing? Cause the people flagging you on Tinder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't want to, get into the weeds about the allegations that that you put against uh, Jeffrey Tambor. What I am curious about um, is in the aftermath of that, you know, you, you have this, these roles on, on this great show and things are really taking off for your career and you make these allegations, um, which, which seem fair and substantiated against someone that probably at one point you liked, enough and who meant something to you mm-hmm. and I'm sure it wasn't an easy thing to do I'm curious how did you 
carry onward in the aftermath of that? Because it couldn't have been easy. Well, it was a lot of um, love and care from my friends, uh, from the community. The community rallied. I think that trans women have been so scared to speak out about so many things. Because of the fact that we're trans, a lot of times we are also doubted even more than cisgender women. It's territory that like was it was terrifying for me, but um terrifying because um because I didn't know how it was going to f- affect my career. Um, but I knew I couldn't look back in 10 years and, and see myself as not having done the right thing or, um, being too scared to do the right thing. Cause I've, I mean, I've done, there's been a lot in my life that I've had to push through and, and push fear aside for, uh, so this is just another one of those things. Right. And, um, I felt confident in who I was and this, this me too movement being extraordinary and something like we've never seen in history before. It did seem like the community and not just the trans community, but almost everyone in this city Mm -hmm. seemed to rally behind the both of you who, who, who made these allegations. Yeah. There was actually, and it's interesting whenever I see people write about it, there was actually three women and was then it three? Okay. there was three trans women and then one other cis woman, Tamara Delbridge, on another set. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Not, not on Transparent. Right. 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 So, and it was from years ago. Um, so it's actually four. And then there was an, an investigation by Amazon hours on hours right. that there's other confidential information that they never released. I kind of wish that they would because... It would be a little more, I guess, transparent, <laughs> no pun intended, um, you know, about everything that that they investigated um, before, you know, they were felt like they could fire Jeffrey. Um, why, why do you think they, they won't or that they haven't? I don't know. Maybe it's legal stuff. And this is why, I, you know, I don't even like to talk about it too much because I, I just I want to put it all behind me. But um, I do think it's important to acknowledge that everyone that spoke up, um, I realized I was his co-star and probably right. it was, you know, maybe the most vibrant story to write about if you're a journalist, <laughs> you know, uh, of all the people who spoke up, but it was a group of us. And then also the investigation is important to acknowledge as well, because they can't just make a decision like that without right thoroughly, I, I, um, exploring the it. fact that he was removed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this and you don't have to say it mm-hmm. means there was so much more than what was presented so much. So yeah. it, whatever that is, um, you know, for you, it's so clear that you have emerged on the other side of it. I am curious. Did you ever have some reconciliation with him when you felt like, okay, we can move on now? No, we have had no contact so do you want that i'm fine without it feels like he should reach out like he should reach out yeah yeah that's what if something goes wrong between a relationship mm-hmm. or a friend right you say hey mm-hmm. well that would up. be admitting his actions and right was it hard for uh you and your family to hear about that my mother and I have a good relationship now. You know, I mean, we've obviously had our ups and downs throughout life, but once we got past all of the gender stuff, we got close again very quickly. And so she's been my rock. Mm. Um, and she has just told me how strong I am over and over and over again. And that, that helps reinforce the foundation um, as well as my friends. So, no, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for what she felt when she heard about the allegations. I mean, um, she's a a woman and, you know, she was a very conventionally attractive woman or is, you know, as well. And so I'm <laughs> sure she, I'm sure she understands what, she's still attractive, what, what experience. 
You want to make sure you get that you on know, the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she knows she's a baddie. So, yeah, she knows what it's like to be a woman. So. Mm. When you were working in New York, um, you had all kinds of jobs. Mm-hmm. Did you think that you would arrive at the place that you're at now back then? Mm. I think I never let up hope that there was something more for me. Um, something special, something my mom always said, Oh, you're destined for greatness. And I don't know if every mom says that to their kid or what, but it always stuck with me. Um, not in a way of like, you know, delusions of grandeur, but just in a way that would leave some sort of impact, I guess, or maybe I hoped. Um, so, but to answer your question, no, I didn't know that I would end up as a working actress and um i mean i come from a line of work that is just so far away from from this life so i think that it was hard to see in that kind of darkness it's kind of hard to see what where i was going to come out on the other side do you feel like you have yes in a way but uh, i don't feel safe um yeah i don't feel like i've made it quote unquote um i think i'm Still, obviously, I've been working, but I think I'm waiting for that job that makes me feel safe financially. Uh, what are you thinking about? I'm thinking about how to talk about pay parity without, like, you know, sounding any um, negative. S- sound how you want to sound. <laughs> um, I think, well, you know, I've been saying recently that it's, an interesting thing during it's an interesting like duality when you when you walk down the street and people come up to you and talk to you about your work and they have tears in their eyes and they tell you what your representation means and then you look at your bank account and you're like what the fuck is going on um why don't i feel safe why can't i think about maybe buying a house before i turn 40 in a couple years or taking care of my mom you know or um, giving back to the community in ways which I've dreamt about. Um, all of that, I think, uh, is tied into feeling okay financially. And um, maybe every actor has gone through this, or I don't know. But it's just figuring out when does it pay off. I've been bouncing around as a guest star for a number of years, and um, I'm wondering, you know, why the pay gap is so substantial between guest stars and what we call a series regular, um, where we, you know, guest stars, we make a fraction of what a series regular will make, um, even per episode. So, um, there's only a handful of trans roles on TV that are series regular. And so I think a lot of us are just scrambling and, um, doing side hustles whether it's speaking engagements or instagram commercials Mm -hmm. to keep the bills paid and i'm just uh wondering when all of that can subside and acting can be my bread and butter just like uh you know i came from a world of stripping where i gave that up to be an out trans actress and um so i think it's been a leap of faith in a way. Has it been as hard as you thought it was going to be? Uh, I don't know because I just try to live one day at a time and there's struggles in every day. So um, I suppose when I think about pursuing acting as a li- as a living, then yeah, it's been, it's been pretty hard as it's been pretty hard as I imagined it to be. I, I like how you've described how hard it is in the most diplomatic, polite, <laughs> your legs are crossed and you're you're like looking away and, and you're sitting, you have a nice posture and this is such a, you're only giving a surface of how hard it must be. Mm-hmm. And I don't fault you for doing that. Yeah, it's been tough. It's been tough, but. I have a great team of people. I just got new managers. Oh my so. God. We're going to talk about your team of people. No, I, I mean, I'm is just, this, this is an Oscar acceptance. Speech? No, I, I, I'm encouraged by who's in my corner. So I'm thinking with hustlers and transparent finale and, 
David Makes Man and Pose and all these projects I've been able to be a part of that will get the ball rolling and the momentum will keep going. So. You said in one interview um, that you want to get to a place, not just for yourself, but for your community, that you can play mm-hmm. um, non-trans. Yeah, and I have. I, I have. know. You started at yeah. Law & Order where you did yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Is that something you want to continue doing? Yeah. Um, the Hustler's character, uh, her name is Tracy. <laughs> uh, she's not specifically trans. Um, and uh just did another indie where even though I kind of play her as trans in my swag and lingo, it's never really addressed either. Um, and so more of that, I think, because I'm also thinking about activism through art and just what that person in middle America will think when they see me in Hustlers and maybe wonder who I am and look me up and see that I am trans. And then it inevitably they can just, um, well, indirectly they can know someone who's trans and it's not force fed because mm. a lot of times people are resistant to things when, um, they're spelled out it, for them. Exactly. So it's kind of a Trojan horse in a way. And I just enjoy, I just enjoy the opportunity to, try to partake in all roles, not just ones that are specifically trans. Mm. Yeah. Do you think the reverse should be true? Do I think the cis actors should be able to play trans? Yeah. Uh, in a perfect world, in an equal world, maybe. Um, but all things are not equal. And so that's the problem is that we don't even sometimes on the on the on the larger scale like the the more mainstream projects that have gotten critical acclaim sometimes we don't even get to play ourselves oftentimes you know you're rolling your eyes at this point 40 years we haven't been able to play ourselves so i think that if there's a trans person who can play the role they should be strongly considered and cis people maybe um you can just say no <laughs> I don't like to say no because I feel like we'll get to a place where there's open casting. Um, I'm tired of seeing cis people try to play something so far from themselves just to win an award. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad that that keeps happening. Yeah. And that uh, the general audience is like, oh my God. Mm hmm. What a brave man. How brave of them. Brave. Bra- bra- brave is one of the worst adjectives. The worst. To be called brave. I'm sure you've been called brave. And I just, I don't. Mm-hmm. No more no more brave. we got to retire yeah. the brave. Yeah. I'm done with it. Yeah. Um, I agree. I, I watch Hustlers. Before we leave, I watch Hustlers. Oh, you did? Yeah. Two days ago. Cool. Wanted more Tracy. <laughs> yeah. That's my first note with the movie. Needed if 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 they would have called me up for notes, I would have said more Tracy. <laughs> um, Thanks. Th- that experience of of making that movie, um, I I I am interested. When you got the part, mm-hmm. and you were told like you're going to be in this movie, and you know Constance Wu is going to be in it, and 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 Cardi B, and uh, so many incredible people. Mm-hmm. Did that call? And maybe to some degree, the callback call for Transparent after you auditioned for one role and got another one. Mm-hmm. Did those feel game-changing for you? I think we'll see. We'll have to see if that was game-changing for me. Um, I don't know. It feels incredible to be working with such amazing women. Um, Lorene Scafaria is, I think, what we need more of in Hollywood. She wrote and directed it. And I adore her. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the payoff is. I don't know. I'm hopefully this manifests more roles. Um, and I'm hoping that uh, I can get in for those leading roles and and like major major supporting. Now, mm-hmm. I I think that's the next step for me. Um, I had that conversation with my team uh, yesterday too because I'm kind of tired of fighting for the the smaller one episode TV stuff. Um, um, it's go time. 
All right. Well, I look, my money says that it's going to work out. Yeah. I'm making a bet on you. Oh, thank you. Um, Trace, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I love this conversation. Special thanks this week to Trace Lissette. If you'd like to learn more about her, you can visit our show notes at talkeasypod.com. This show is available to stream on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, it would be much appreciated. You can also write us an email at talkeasypod at gmail.com. As always, the show is executive produced by David Chen, graphics by Ian Jones, designed by Ian Chang, illustrations by Krishna Shenoy, our social media is by Nikki Spina, our intern is Ghani Zur, our music is by Dylan Peck and Jin Sang, our associate producer is Caroline Reebok, and the show is produced by Neil Innes. I'm Sam Fragoso. Thank you for listening to Talk Easy. We'll be back next Sunday with episode 150. Until then, have a good week, everyone. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.